0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Wired Nerdy podcast. This is episode number 28. It is also our inaugural end of summer. We are back from vacation break. We did some uh, small warp episodes that were audio only. Uh, So those of you that checked those out, I know they were much smaller than what we normally do. Uh, but uh, we are happy to be back. And uh, I don't know about you, Doug, but I know I'm probably going to be rusty at this. So we just want to ask everybody to have some patience with us until we get into our groove again, because we really did uh, kind of hit a mode there. So h- how are you feeling, man? You got any rust? any podcast rust?
1: I did a little bit. Uh, the uh, shorter format was good. We got into some kind of funnier conversations, uh, some more intimate conversations, but uh, I- I'm glad to be back to our normal fi- format. Getting some uh, nerd news going down, getting some good topics going down today, too. And
0: there's no way we can catch up, you know, with what we missed. We were out for quite a few weeks, uh, but, you know, we both had busy schedules going on and travel and that sort of thing. So there's no way that we're going to be able to do like a monster recap. Uh, So we decided just to pick some of the most um, unique things, more recent, right? Um, And then at least one or two things that may have happened while we were away. So do you want me to start? Uh, Yeah, let's uh, get this kicked off. All right. Let's kick off the nerd news. Nerd news. All right. So this very first thing, I absolutely have to bring it up because if I didn't, I'm pretty sure my brother, who we've had on the podcast, (laughs) uh, would probably annihilate us. Uh, He was very excited about this, but... During the time, right around the time that we went on our hiatus, uh, the MSG Sphere. Now, if you don't know what this is, this is a massive globe structure in Las Vegas. It's a dome, if you will. And we'll put up images so you can see. Uh, This is essentially a venue that can uh, host events like concerts and um, things of that sort. And it is at the Venetian in Las Vegas. Uh, It's an entertainment and music performance venue. It can seat 17,500 people. It can accommodate 20,000 people standing. What cool part about it is, well, not the only cool part, but for me, the interior part is all the seats have high-speed internet access. That's kind of different. But what makes this bad boy unique is that it is 366 feet tall, 516 feet wide, um, and it has a surface area of 22,000 square feet, and it weighs 13 tons and this bad boy is covered in large LED screens it's right now as of right now it's the world's largest LED screen uh which is 19,000 by 13,500 pixels that's its resolution um, it also uh, has an exosphere how it does this made of LED panels which are like hockey pucks and it can be seen from several kilometers away i believe there are 1 two million lights, the size of those hockey pucks. And what's cool is they can put images on it, videos, and you'd be driving along. Look, it looks like a moon has landed on planet yeah. earth or, you know, a lot of people want it like are lobbying to have the death star put there. You know, they made it a basketball once and it just looks yeah. so incredible. It's really trippy because it moves. It's video. It's not just images. So anyway, my brother had immediately sent me a message about and said, Hey, you guys got to talk about this on the podcast because it's so different. Yeah. And he's right. So at some point, I do want to see this bad boy. It sounds like a technical feat. I think they're building another one. Um, I don't remember if it's Abu Dhabi, some place like that, you know, where they always go bigger. Oh, man. Uh, it's yeah. going to be even larger, I think. Uh, however, uh, as of right now, this one is the record setter. Doug, have you seen this thing? Um, you know, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I uh, saw it uh, on some videos. The coolest one I think I saw is they have a giant eyeball that is like winking and looking at people. It's crazy. I didn't know what it was. I thought, you know, it's some video somebody made. And then I found out it's an actual location. So, yeah, I would definitely love to go just see this in person and see how impressive it is.
0: Yeah. When I first saw the first screenshots, I thought somebody definitely had, uh, did some Adobe After Effects or something like yeah. that, you know, but no, it's an actual place. So I think it'd be cool to play Mario on it. Oh,
1: absolutely. <laughs> and like you said, basketball, I saw they did something for the NBA Finals. That was they really did. cool.
0: And it was cool and looking.
1: The, yeah. It looked so high depth, like it looked it, textured
0: and that's the part that yeah, impresses that me the crazy. most is that the images, even with somebody who takes a photo of it, the images or the video even is not washed out, which no, means those all. those pucks got to be like super high lumens. You know, it's yeah. got to have really high fidelity on it because you're right. When you look at it, you got to take a double take because it isn't just yeah. like washed out. You've gone to like football stadiums where they have the Trinitron. You can kind of get faded yeah. or if you the angle is off now this bad boy. It looks it looks legit. It is pretty it impressive. It's crazy. It is. So that was at the top of my list, man. So what 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 do you got next?
1: Yeah, um, there was a lot of good articles since we've been gone. Some of the things I saw was a, a birthday party for the iMac. Uh, the iMac is celebrating its 25th birthday. You know, they don't really produce them anymore, or that version. But
0: uh, oh, you're talking about. The
1: um, original. Yes. The, the color is one. still made. Yes. yes, sorry.
0: You're talking about the original OG colored one. Uh that had yeah. the translucent body. Yeah.
1: Yes, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So, uh 25 years of uh technology upgrades and uh thanks, but I still go back to that old school like fourth, fifth grade uh geography and social
0: studies and stuff playing on that thing. So. Yeah, they were uh, impressive. That's so sure. Like have you ever had to work on that on one? Oh, pain in the butt. Oh, they I were, can imagine. <laughs> huge pain in the butt. But it's so impressive how they crammed all that in there. And uh I've seen some people online, they take them and they refurbish them and they seal them and they turn them into like fish tanks. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. It's, so it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Innovative, definitely for sure. I was not a fan of them, not because of the design and even that they were hard to work on. It was only because back then that was pre-Mac OS 10. Uh, if you were in IT, IT, just I don't know. Anything before Mac OS ten, Mac was just yeah. it was it was a struggle to support, you know, just because it wasn't great. And the and the, the hockey puck mouse was not comfortable. It was too tiny. Um, but that set aside, um, they they were it is an innovative design. And I and I think it was the 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 lamp shade or the one that looks like a lamp. You know, like the Pixar lamp. Yep. They I'm had, looking now. That one came out in 2002. It did, and they had Mac OS 10 at that point, and that yeah. was a fascinating design too. And ever since then, though, they've stuck with what you currently now see, which is like the panel, which is still impressive. Yeah. The latest one is so thin, and then they have the the M dot series chips and M dot one, M dot two now, and I think there's yeah. many, many more on the way. Impressive performance. So they're still making them. They're still innovating yeah. with them. So it's pretty awesome. 25 years. Well,
1: that's what I have to give it up to Apple. You know, I'm an Android fanboy, but Apple's design and their materials and their hardware are just so good looking, so well built. And I have to give it up to them. Shout out to them.
0: So They definitely think different. That was their logo or their slogan for so many years. But seeing that that bad boy is 25 years. I will say this. What's hilarious is, um, and I may have told you the story before, when you sent me that, and it had that Mac, the, the, the multicolored one. I think I was working at a university at the time I was getting my undergrad and I remember I had a really jerky professor and, um, I knew that those processors could run Unix and this guy in an operating system class, this professor basically claimed that you would, you can never run Linux, which is a derivative of Unix operating system on a Mac. He said it was impossible. And I called him out on it. I said, well, technically the processor can do it. And he told me I didn't know what I was doing. He said, you know, and he just ripped me up in front of this class. So for the final, we were supposed to be able to do it, pretty much pick what we want. It had to be sent around an operating system, like demonstrate how to do an upgrade, how to do an install, uh, all those kinds of things, patching, whatever. So all I did was I got a hot pink one from the university. I put Linux on it. And all I did was I had a blanket over it. And all I did, I put it on, I didn't even have a presentation. All I did was I set it on a table. And I didn't say anything and I pulled the cover off of it and I booted the Mac up. And instead of you hearing the normal doom, all of a sudden you started seeing the command lines for Linux and the guy's like, what is this? What is this? That professor was so mad when that, that penguin link <laughs> logo came yeah. up on there. Yeah. And I, and I just said, I present to everyone the impossible. I have done it. There is Linux on this Mac because it has an arm processor or it was a risk processor. Amazing. And he called me out into the classroom. That professor chewed me. Out because I made him look bad, so you can tell what kind of student I was. So yeah, you know, punk rock but rubber, if, right? <laughs> that
1: seems very uh, Steve Jobs. Uh, drop the mic as you walk out. He took me off, though.
0: The guy, the guy, I had all great professors. Oh, yeah, but that don't one tell guy, him he can't you know, do something until you see. Yeah, I know. Don't tell me that, dude. So anyway, when you brought that up, that memory came flashing back. That hot oh, pink yeah, Mac. Yeah. So yes, yes. Anyway, on to the next. Yeah, one. we what have else?
1: different <laughs> uh, memories. Real quick on that, I just remember. Uh, so our local conservation department had an app.
0: I always remember that. You, you mentioned that when we were talking about old retro games in an earlier yeah, podcast. And I, Bay, yeah. Yeah. and I, had, I, I didn't just have know. fond memories of playing that. Yeah. I didn't know they had that game. And then you've actually found the screenshots from it. Uh, if you go back yeah. you look at one of our yeah. earliest episodes, I think you'll actually see some screenshots. Oh, way of back.
1: Yeah. So enough with my memories, I'll go on the next <laughs> one. Um, I'm seeing a lot and we've talked about it. AI generated images. Yep. So the, uh, Federal judge just ruled that AI generated images cannot be copyrighted. And uh reading the article I kind of have to agree with them because it's not a genuine
0: piece by a human being. Um, it's not original. All yeah. of all of these uh, AIs are trained by looking at pre-existing images which were created by humans. So yeah. it, it's a sound ruling and this is a big deal for a lot of reasons in that right now AI is threatening jobs, air quote. And, you know, there's a strike going on with the Writers Guild of America. And the idea is that Hollywood studios are going to save money through using AI generated content. But the same goes for special effects artists and things like that. And this is a big deal. This is great because this supports that and say, well, look, you know, you can't copyright an image in AI makes because, well, it's not original content. So this is a very big deal that will have implications for the extreme long term for many, many industries. So I'm the, glad to see. It.
1: Yeah, I have an app uh, on my phone for wallpapers, ringtones, stuff. It's called Zedge, Z E D G E. Okay. Uh, so it has an AI generation uh system or like yeah. thing inside that you can generate wallpapers. How I'm not very impressed with it. Uh, oh, that's basically t- you, <laughs> say, it uh, <laughs> you say uh you say cat and forest and something and it but it's so weird. Yeah, I'll uh, try to share some images with you. But whatever AI uh, system it's using, it's got a very strange way of well, thinking.
0: It's like what we talked about before with the language models. There's some that are better than others. Um, yeah. Chat GPT obviously is very 4.0. It's very impressive compared to maybe not as much as you know some of the others. Uh, but with the image ones, um, Dolly, that's the one. Like the faces always look like, jacked up and has multiple fingers. Um, uh, but then you have something like a mid-journey, which mid-journey seems to be better. So mm-hmm. there's different ones, but they're trained on different things and all of that. So it kind of depends on which which one of those models that they integrate into. They may have just used one of the lesser ones just to save money. But you're right. I've seen different quality differences. Um, but a lot of people, they do the AI art, and then they run it through Photoshop to clean it up. I've seen that. That's kind of a common thing right now. And I'm sure it'll get better over mm-hmm. time, but still, it's not original if you really get down to the brass stacks no. of it.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I feel for the artist, the people that are actually making their own art. I mean, uh, not to get into the whole robot like future war or something, but sentient beings, we got to like say that it's humans only and not sentience. I'm trying to make a smart argument here, but
0: <laughs> I'm sure you will whenever uh, we have the future of having to argue these kinds of things, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it'll get better in the future i'm sure so yeah now it's not really well i guess it is news it's why we were away i'll go ahead and mention it because it was on our list uh twitter's name has been changed to x which uh, y whatever <laughs> i have a whole soapbox about that but i don't know if i want to get on
1: it did I you see think, the, uh, did you
0: see the thing about the sign did you see that yes
1: that, that he violated the uh, paul or like uh ordinances of san could? francisco So he
0: puts, he put, for those of you who don't know, he changed the name to X this summer and he put a big X sign on top of the building there in San Francisco, but it had like blaring strobe lights on it. And there are apartments and skyscrapers across the way, and it was keeping people awake and and they got so many complaints. And of course it did, it violated. So I think it was only up for a little while and then they had to take it down. I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God
1: twitter i I don't know what he's trying to do with it Uh, it seems like he's trying to kill it on purpose but uh if you've seen any articles or any uh stories on elon musk he's a very eccentric person
0: you know fine line fine line between genius and insanity is what they say yeah and he's proving that potentially to be true um it's interesting because a lot of the decisions he's making is driving that population down for example um they talked about taking away the ability for you well, I'll, well let's start with the, what they did take away used to be able to send people who were not on twitter x uh articles so if i saw something and i wanted to send it to a friend i could just text it to you and then you didn't have yeah. to have a twitter They they cut that off already it's done you got to have an account okay. so they 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 basically stonewalled it's what they did then they did the whole blue check mark thing we have to pay to have a check mark uh, which then that brought in all kinds of copycat people who can pretend to be movie stars yeah. and all that. As long random as people were having check marks, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so it ruined that. And then only recently it's been a big kick up of dust where they're going to take away the ability to block people. Problem with that is you have stalkers, catfishers—that's a huge issue.
1: Yes, uh, you thing.
0: know, exes, all kinds of stuff. So I don't know, man. It's just like one bad decision after another from a business model standpoint. So I don't know. We'll see how long X will be around, but uh, it's failing fast. I can say that. So, you
1: know. Well, I think it gives rise. So anytime a company kind of tanks like that, it gives rise to other companies. I believe uh, Facebook has a company called Thread that just started. It's very Twitter-like. Yeah, meta. It's Um, a
0: straight competitor. It's part of the reason why they're wanting to fight in an octagon. Remember that whole conversation?
1: Yeah, and I mean, (laughs) they're still kind of up for it. I think the latest I read is that, uh, and I'm drawing a blank, Facebook. uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Thank you. Sorry. I got you. These is that Russ, names man? are messing me up. So uh, Mark Zuckerberg called Elon Musk out of basically, hey, come away from your mom's house and let's actually have a fight. It was pretty funny.
0: I know. They've been squabbling like yeah. spoiled children. So anyway. All right. So the next thing is, I'll bring this up because I want you to tackle this last one. But uh, I do want to mention uh, the Sony PlayStation Portable has been announced at 199 So we talked about this once before. More details coming out. It's essentially just a PlayStation 5 controller with an 8-inch screen slapped in the middle. Nothing's on it locally. It's got to be connected by Wi-Fi. Now, that Wi-Fi can be anywhere. So if you are halfway around the world, as long as you have a decent enough internet connection, at least the 15 megabit is what they're citing, then you should be able to power up your, your PlayStation and use it. So it's not another PSP. It's not a Vita. But there's rumors that they're testing the waters for this to actually have maybe a competitor in that space, um, like bringing back the Vita. So there's always rumors like that. So we'll see what happens. But for me, 199 is kind of steep, uh, especially when you can play it on your phone, your iPad. I can play it on my Steam Deck. I can stream yeah. that on my PlayStation to anything. And so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But that that is something that broke this week that I did want to call out there.
1: You make a good point because making a format that's already well done on several other different devices, it's kind of like, what are you trying to do here? Are you trying to target just a very small demographic that wants this? Because they're already playing on all these other uh,
0: devices and portables and stuff. And it works well. I appreciate them doing it. It's cool. I mean, it's cool. It's got a cool factor to it. It's neat. But uh, you already have so many other ways you can remote play. Yes. I don't know, It's almost like they're a victim of their own success in that. So it'll be interesting to see how that that plays out. So, All right. I'd say the
1: uh, last one, and I have not had a chance to play it yet, is Baldur's Gate 3. I've been seeing
0: so much information on this. It is a sleeper hit is what this is. Um, you don't have to play Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 for reference. Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 originally came out uh, back in the PC-DOS days. Uh, drastically different game. They based it off of Dungeons & Dragons. Um, this, from what I understand, I've seen my son play it. Uh, it's, it's incredible in that it has so many options of things that you can do, decisions you can make, and it's never the same game even if you made the exact same character, uh, it's never the same game because it has dice rolls in it for decisions of things that you do. And there's tons of variables, um, you know, and I've watched a, a few Twitch playthroughs of it. It's a huge, massive game, with just tons of decision trees. Uh, you could spend like just tens of thousands of hours and never even scratch getting to the end of it. Uh, oh, man. So, oh, yeah. So I've heard nothing but good things about it. I'm sure I will get it at some point and mess with it. I'm holding off though because we are on the cusp of Bethesda's release. Say it with me, Doug. Starf Star fear. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I was just gonna look that up. We have 13 days left from this recording. Yeah, I know. Yes. We're counting down the days, so it'll be good. Uh, so I'm sure I'll play it. I just I don't know, man. I'm itching for a good space game, and if it's Skyrim in space or Fallout in space, it's even better.
1: Well, it's kind of like Christmas now. As they keep teasing you, keep teasing you. You have a date set, and it's like, please be that date. Please don't have any hiccups and push the release date back. Uh, the amount of merchandise they're releasing, the amount of other companies such as Elgato and Xbox and so many watches, others that are socks, brand, yeah, sure brand merchandising. It's they're they are pushing going this. yeah so hard yeah. So right. I don't want it to fail.
0: Yeah. I agree. I agree. So you made a really good point that I wanted to draw out. And that is um, if they are pushing this many products, this game better be good because the amount of egg that Microsoft is going to have on their face and Bethesda is going to be so bad because you're right. They are pushing this game harder than I've ever seen them push marketing for any of their titles. And they bumped up the release date. It was supposed to be at the end of September. That's unheard of. And they keep pushing this narrative in the media too, about how it's, the least bug you know ridden game that bethesda's ever had and so i hope so for their sake i hope so i hope so so we'll see man i'm excited I, yep
1: i'll kind of end the uh, starfield conversation with one of the craziest things and you shared this with me is that starfield and tempurpedic the people that make uh beds and maybe they make chairs they have made and we'll throw a picture on here a starfield cockpit is all i can say and this thing looks so amazing (laughs) now it's got tons and tons of buttons on it do all the buttons work that would be awesome but uh we definitely have to throw that up there that is a pipe dream that is never gonna happen (laughs) i don't know it might i think it might uh, it
0: might fit in that room that you got there but i'm gonna get a
1: divorce if i get that (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> it would not fit in my room you know no. hey you know what maybe we could uh get get everybody to to help uh some sponsorship here and get you, you yeah go. you yeah. could do podcasting I that. podcasting from the Starfield cockpit
1: oh that would be amazing yeah <laughs> all <laughs> right well we'll talk more about that in the future i'm sure
0: i'm sure we will so that rounds out our news section so you know what uh Doug come up with a really good idea. It's just this time of year, you know, where although it's hot as blue blazes, where we are right now, we're still going on with summer and uh, those sorts of things. It will be winding down and be heading in the fall, which means back to school. But we wanted to focus specifically um, back to school technology Um, and starting with, which is something that I'm, I'm really kind of passionate about because I've been researching it forever. And that is E-Ink. Tablets in the different options there are. So I know you had put them. Have you messed with any of these, first of all, at all, Doug? Do you know much about them? I have not. And I
1: think we need to explain what an e tablet is for those who don't know. It's, uh, and help me if I mess it up, it is a smart tablet. It's not like a tablet that has apps and games and movies and stuff, but is a smart tablet that you write on. And then it uh, transfers your handwritten notes into Word documents and Things such as that. Uh, Drawings as well. uh, If you paint or draw or make graphs for work, it also transfers those onto
0: a digital format. Correct. Think of it like uh, the screen is a Kindle. That's what e-ink is. No color. They do have color e-inks, but they haven't really caught on. I'm going to hold up here for those that are watching. I don't know if that can even come through there. Up,
1: it's blending into your background. There we go. go. How's
0: that? You can kind of see my handwriting there. If I can angle it right,
1: oh, 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 oh. Um, we probably almost just, got it. Probably just Your camera off. does not like it. Yeah,
0: it does not like it. See, he's blending it into the background. You can kind of see in my writing.
1: Technology.
0: You can see the handwriting there. Yeah, but I'll also there we put go. an image up. That was a Kindle Scribe, uh, and so essentially, um, the big players in the market space are. The Remarkable 2, it's the second model they have, the Onyx Notebook Air, the Kobo Ellipse, uh, and the Kindle Scribe. Now, the Kobo, the Onyx, and the Remarkable have been doing it longer than Amazon, who made the Kindle. And the defining thing is that those other threes, um, they're really all about just note-taking, which handwritten notes, you can export it to PDF, you can email it to yourself, you can send it to Evernote, OneNote, that sort of thing. Perfect if you're a student or a professional. That's why I have one. Um, it also converts handwriting to text. Um, it really, it replaces your uh, paper is what it does. And um, yep. I'm a big digital guy. I'm not big into paper. And so I really like them. So I, I read up on them all the time and I will tell you for the longest, time, I was so close to buying a Remarkable too. Uh, my friend David has one and I got to mess with it. It's super thin, just really sexy, cool looking device, but God, they were expensive when they first came out. They were like 800 bucks. They're still expensive, They're Like oh, five, man. about 500 bucks. Um, and they just they just do note-taking, right? And then for the longest time, I pivoted over. I was like, well, I'm not going to do any marketing. I'm going to spend $500 to $800. I got an iPad Pro. And uh, I really love that because it's it does more for the money. Uh, but then this last Amazon Prime uh, sale, the Kindle Scribe went on sale. I got it for such a great deal. I couldn't pass it up because I was looking at the Scribe now. The, the Kindle Scribe does what those others do to an extent, but it has all of the novels and the books that you have with the Kindle store. So you have the power. Oh, that, yeah. yeah, you have the ecosystem, I guess, not the power. you got like a double uh, device there. That's good. Exactly. Exactly. Because then you can uh, basically it's a Kindle, but it's a bigger size, which I like because I like that. at that point, you yeah. know, I can read on it, uh, in more words on the screen, you can read faster to a certain extent, uh, and have more font options for adjusting. And I do a lot of reading. So, um, but I highly recommend that if you are a note taker like me and I take notes, both written, uh, handwritten and also typed all the time, my personal life, um, whether I'm doing a writing project or for work, I'm such a huge note taker. If I don't write it down, I'm going to forget it. And, um, definitely all of these devices are amazing to be honest with you. And you can do e-reading on the Onyx The remarkable thing is you either, it has to be an EPUB file or a PDF file. Um, So it's not very, yeah. It's not, well, it doesn't let you tap into Kindles, into Amazon store. The whole store, yeah. Now, if you buy your books through a different method that are EPUBs, you're fine. You're totally fine. But so many people do Kindle, and I do as well, because it's just so convenient. Um, That's the reason why I'm with it. And I'll be honest with you, I've been using it for couple months now probably two months now i love it i absolutely love it i was like worried i'm glad uh i i mean glad i didn't spend full retail price for it i'm glad i got a good deal on it but uh if if i was a student again in a heartbeat i would totally get one totally get Mm -hmm. one it's so thin uh and it's just it's awesome so i'm a huge fan
1: yep they look great Uh, I do not have one. Uh, being in law enforcement, you know, I've got my little notepad in my shirt pocket, yeah, uh, all kinds of stuff on that. I've got my uh, laptop in the car, dispatch usually takes all my notes for me, so I rarely write anything down for that. Uh, tickets, sorry, people, uh, that's the only notes I'm writing, uh, but. This would be very handy, you know, uh, as a firearms instructor, if I could put lesson plans on there, totally, that would be awesome. And then make notes of, Oh, I need to change the yardage or the shot count and stuff like that. What's so cool um,
0: on that point. If you already have like, um, a PDF file that has lines for whether you're writing your shot counts whatever, if you already have that, you can send that any PDF file you can send to any one of these devices and then you can write on it. Oh, that's amazing. That would be so helpful. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, lawyers use it for contracts and things like that because you can sign and fill out things. So any form that you have already could be sent to it and, and, and used in that way. But technically, you could even do, do the same on an iPad as well. Oh, yeah. So, but it's interesting you bring that up. If you already had a job function like that, like a firearms instructor, even police officer ticketing, those tickets could be made in PDF. They probably already are. And... They could be put on any one of these devices. If you wanted to walk away from paper, it would be super easy. Which
1: that would be a good topic uh, in the future is police technology. Because we've gone from handwritten tickets, which our department doesn't have it, but other departments have printable tickets. You know, your glove box has a printer in it. Oh, that's cool. Print out tickets. Uh, not that tickets are favorable, and but there is a reason and rhyme for why we write them. So to get off that, there's other technologies in law enforcement as well that are very helpful.
0: So yeah, like the the cameras that catch people going through tolls, and then they just send you uh, uh, whatever well, your license plate. All on file. the
1: <laughs> negative things that nobody likes. Hey man, it's, a-
0: it's automated though. So well, yeah. <laughs> oh, so what else we got on uh, our list here for back to school, man? Technology.
1: Oh. So the next couple things, I was just going to have a conversation with you. Um, The tablets versus laptops versus Chromebooks. You know, most uh, elementary schools, it seems like now, they're giving all of their students Chromebooks for their lessons and their uh, books and homework. 100%. The uh, argument I would have is Chromebooks are a little limited. You know, they're locked on that uh, Android-style operating system of Chrome OS. Uh, Laptops, you know, that's the full meal deal blown, but it could be a lot more expensive. And then tablets, pretty limited. You're just limited to the app store. So depending on what type of schooling you're doing, there's pros and cons for everything.
0: There is. And it boils down. There's a lot of factors to these three form factors. You can, IT organizations at schools and and even companies, uh, they have device management. You can manage all of these and control and protect your information. And so there's ways to control all of these. Uh, However, the complexity increases. Because you know, between laptops and tablets, cause they can do a little bit more versus Chromebooks. Yeah. Um, you know, each one has its place. I always say w- with these things, it depends on what you're doing, what stage of life you're in. You know, if you were to work your way backwards, if you're in college, which is the one where you're kind of choosing what your, your degree field is, some universities will give you the technology, but you know, if you love writing, if you love the touch interface, tablet all the way, because you can do yeah. the majority of things on it. Um, but if you're very mobile, but you want a full-size keyboard, a lot of typing, which you can get full-size keyboards for tablets as well. Yeah. Uh, that's where a laptop's not nice. Um, the the real kicker is when it comes down to a software suite. A lot of universities still use Microsoft Office. If you're going to have Microsoft Office, it's got to be a tablet or it's got to be a laptop. Um, that's where the Chromebook aspect comes into it because that's using Google Suite and, and that sort of thing. Hmm. Um, but the cost is more. Now, most public schools have gone in the direction of Chromebooks, and I don't blame them. Chromebooks you can buy them like so cheap. We're talking very affordable. $100, yeah. $150 per unit. And the thing is, the Google Suite is so good that it can do everything they need to. It basically has Google Slides as PowerPoint, Google Sheets as Excel, Google Docs as its uh, Word. You you don't really need to pay for licensing uh, for Microsoft, yeah. which is expensive. I mean, we're talking even at educational pricing I mean, it can be,
1: it's like 170, I think typically it's about one time
0: time purchase 179 for the one time purchase, but they've now gone to a SaaS model, which is software as a service, which means that you're paying a subscription. Like you do Netflix and it's all cloud-based. I think it's a hundred a year, a hundred a year, correct? hundred percent. That's what it is. And they give deals to universities like they always have, but it's just, why do that when you have a Chromebook? Now, if you're at university, universities are still very, and I think it's because businesses are still very uh, Microsoft office oriented. Uh, however, I will say this. Uh, Google's suite has gotten really good about when you type something, you can convert it into uh, yes. a Word doc. So
1: I use docs all the time. I love it. And yeah. I convert it to turn it in. Yep. I make it into PDFs. PDF.
0: You can make a PDF or you can even make it a Word doc. So yes. uh, Chromebooks are so compelling in that from a productivity standpoint, you can do everything for a fraction of the cost. and. Oh, my God. It's amazing how they have enabled schools to do what they do. So I'm a huge Chromebook fan because of that. Yes, they are. You're not going to be video gaming on it, uh, obviously, unless okay. it's a web-based game. Or
1: Should be doing your homework, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, there may, I haven't checked, they may have like PlayStation, you know, remote play on it or, uh, you know, Xbox yeah. Game Pass. Who knows? They may have that. If so, then you, you just stream into it. So maybe it'd be perfect for that. Uh, I need to look into that. Now, you got me wondering, maybe you Uh-oh. can do some gaming on it. <laughs> but no, man, it, it really boils down to, uh, what you're doing now. It gets complicated at the university level, because if you're going to go into like art, uh, or graphic design, you're going to need a beefy laptop. Do not do a tablet, you know, cause you're going to be doing like cool after effects and things like that. So it gets more complicated if you go to university, um, based off of your major based off of what the university requires, uh, that sort of thing. But I, I definitely think at the public school level, um, there's a lean towards Chromebooks. Some schools do iPads as well, mm-hmm. um, but I see why. So, yeah, man, you can't really go wrong with all this. You just got to make sure that whatever it is you're doing, you know, you're, you're good to go. And the huge advantage of Chromebooks, especially with elementary school students, high school students, m- and middle school students, they can't do much. You also can control what, where they go to, what they do through the Google security suite. which A is lot really of
1: settings, yeah.
0: Well, you can't, you can't, like my kids, and I love this, every kid gets a Gmail but it's tied to the school district. But you as a outsider, you can't email my kid. It's, it's literally firewall. Oh, I, that's perfect. but even I, as a parent can't email my kid, which I honestly yeah. I get. So it's inside of the castle walls and that's what you want. You want, especially minors, you want them inaccessible. And with Chromebooks, you can do it like that. It's so cake. So good. it's really, really good to keep them safe and keep them focused on school. So, yeah, but- all right. What else we got? Um,
1: so, once you uh, decide on your tablet, laptop, or Chromebook, then you need some portable media. You know, maybe you're not hooked to a printer, or maybe you need to go to another uh, computer or device. So, our next conversation is what would be better uh, external drives, flash drives, or the cloud? Uh, I see uh, pros and cons of both. Uh, the cloud, I think, in a school and university setting is. Most of these printers are still not analog, but they're not uh, connected to the cloud or the internet, and you have to physically have a computer plugged into it or be on that network. So, uh, the yeah. external drives and flash drives. There's pros and cons for write speed and all that too.
0: It depends on what you're doing. I mean, if you're looking at uh, if you have a need to back up your the photos on your phone versus uh all of the papers and stuff that you're writing the reality is printing is not as important simply because again most universities high schools when you're typing papers it's all being submitted electronically now
1: it's yeah so. showing my dinosaur age yeah. i know they don't do that i print so, everything out
0: it, oh god i need to get you an e-tablet oh, never mind. i need to get you an e-tablet yeah you do <laughs> just what we were talking about get you a remarkable okay uh but no i mean so it's like uh You know, the beauty of external drives is they're cheap and flash drives are cheap, abundant storage, which is an awesome option for, you know, some people at university, they want to be able to have like (laughs) their pirated video games, retro games, or their, their pirated movies, you can take them on the go, that's the advantage, but... Uh, a lot of a lot of schools, uh, especially if you're already doing Chromebooks with public schools, you're you're in the cloud. You've got Google Drive. Yeah. If you're doing Microsoft, which most universities do, you got OneDrive. So you already have cloud as an option. The advantage to the cloud is, of course, that it can be accessed on any of your devices. Versus uh, if you got a flash drive or an external drive, depending on which option you went with, tablet, laptop, Chrome, whichever one of those you did, you may have to get a dongle to plug into it. It may not read it right. All those kinds yeah. of things. So. Uh, on this one, I've to go cloud is, is the way to go. And then, you know, you can't beat. again, it sounds like I'm so pro Google, but you can't beat the price. I mean, if you can get 200 gigs of storage for $30 a year, if you divide that out per month, I mean, that's, that's nothing. You can get up to two terabytes mm-hmm. for a hundred dollars a year of Google, uh, drive storage. So, and that also gets you access to the entire Google suite, by the way, that we were talking about. Yeah. So yeah, it's a really good, really yep. good deal.
1: I'm currently a member for the hundred gig. I believe it's two ninety nine a month.
0: There you go. Uh, yeah,
1: uh, it gets me Google One, which gets me some extra stuff on my Pixel.
0: You get a you get VPN uh, with that, if I remember correctly. I um,
1: I do. That's a whole another conversation, but the VPN I've activated it, and some apps don't like it, so I have to it, shut it yep. off.
0: Some won't because they're not meant to be. Uh, Tunneled as it's called, and then called. it's yeah.
1: cutting my internet speed down. Yep, big it time. will
0: because you got to remember when you're using a VPN, which is vir- virtual private network, it's routing your connection through other servers to keep you hidden, so you can't be found. Mm. That's going to inevitably add hops uh, to your traffic, and it's going to slow you down. That's just that's how it works. That's all. VPNs are always going to almost always slow you down.
1: So, knock on wood, I haven't had a lot of hacks. You know, i never had a Facebook hack or social media hack, and yeah. Knock on wood. So I haven't used a VPN. I've turned it on a couple times on my phone. Yeah. Slowed my internet down, made me annoyed. So I just well, keep turning it off.
0: Your biggest thing with when you, when do you want to use a VPN? Well, the biggest thing is when you're on an open public Wi-Fi. So if you go to a Starbucks, mm. if yeah. you go to an airport, uh, if you go to McDonald's, <laughs> if you go to a hotel Wi-Fi, like when you are traveling and you're using wide okay. open internet, that's when you want to turn that bad boy on only because uh with open Wi-Fi like that, even with very basic uh, password, they, there's devices that can scan the air and they can essentially see what you're doing. And so oh, man. that's the reason why you want to use a VPN. Those are the conditions you want. To, you don't need to use it at home because your router already has, believe it or not, you're already VPN naturally you're you're hidden behind a firewall with your internet service provider. So yeah, we can unpack and get into all that kind of stuff, how to stay safe uh, on another topic. Uh, We'll add it to the list. But yeah, but but it's cool though, because typically you have to pay for a VPN, a subscription fee. It's already built into that suite. That's awesome, man. Just the value of what you get and the amount of tools. And by the way, you have 200 gig. You don't have 100 gig. I looked it up. It's 250 oh. a month. It's two two dollars and fifty. Because I have the same plan. I, you said this that is I our was first episode back during the break. I just want our viewers and listeners to know. I'm, I'm fact, failing tonight. I am fact checking this guy. Off oh and my on. gosh, man! If this was a political debate, I'd be I'd be. You know, running off the seat. I
1: would have already game. left, you know. That's what Sorry, I got to go. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, no no big deal. It's it's in the evening where we got Russ. No big deal. But no, you have 200 gig, Doug, because that's the yeah. one I have. It's like $2.50 a month. That's um, the one I have, yes. It's a great deal, though. It's so much stuff that you yeah. get with it. So I think our last one we have is really about personal preference, and it's uh earbuds versus headphones. Uh, You know, on this, it just boils down to what you like. You know, for me, I love both. I'm going to be honest with you. But for me personally, I got two issues, earbuds. And if you look here, I don't know if you can see it's taking me forever to even find like another replacement for the ones I have. I have like one ear that's bigger than the other. So sometimes if it's an odd shape, it won't stay in. Now I don't have a problem with AirPods, right? Now these here are skull candies. If you're looking on the, uh, the deal here, you can kind of see them. I just Mm -hmm. got these. I love them. They fit in my ear. Great. If I can find something that fits in my ear, I love it. I love, uh, in ear. Now I love the sound of over the ear. I love them, but my ears get hot and they get sweaty, yes, and definitely. it drives me nuts. So I love both, but I have caveats to both, and that leads yes. me to believe it's got to be personal preference. Now I know you have some hearing difficulties, and so you're yes. not big on stuff in your ears, you know. <laughs> so.
1: No, so today, I mean, if you're watching me on video, I have headphones on. My left ear, I literally cannot hear anything in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when I put my hearing aid on, I wear a hearing aid daily. Uh, I put headphones over it. It makes all kinds of noises and feedback issues, so I can't do that. So I'm kind of operating on the right side only. Uh, Keith's talking very nice and loud in my right ear, which is great. I'm trying. Uh, Earbuds, for me, I always use the right one. You know, at work, when I'm listening to music or something, I'll always have a hearing aid in left ear. Obviously, can't stick anything in there. The hearing aid's in there. So I only rock a right earbud. And I've been using Google Buds. Uh, They've got the little rechargeable case and stuff. I have literally worn out two pairs of those with the right ear only. Because I've seen that the replacement cost plus shipping is the same as just getting another one. So if anybody needs any left-sided Google Buds, I've got some brand new ones for you.
0: Yeah, that happens actually. And I have a pair of AirPods. I recently just upgraded my AirPods only because my right one, uh, crackled like crazy. And I trust me, I did it. I cleaned them. I I did everything you're supposed to. I think I may have blown one of the drivers out on them or something. Uh, and so I just recently replaced them. You know, with the new Mm, ones. Very nice. um, And I I love them. They sound. They great. I use these things daily. Um, but yeah, man, I. I'm with you. You, you, I think this whole conversation is about personal preference and it's a, it's about what you're doing. And then some people, they're hardcore. They're like, they like corded only. I only do corded uh, when we're doing the podcast just because it interfaces my mic and helps with the monitoring feedback we have with our uh, Riverside software that we use um, for it, which is nice. But otherwise, I love Bluetooth. I love things being wireless. And I may have asked you this before, but you don't have the hearing aid that has Bluetooth built in. because I read something once, like, aren't there hearing aids that actually have Bluetooth where you could play music to your hearing aid, right?
1: Yes. I did not get that option. I thought about it in the future because I can actually take phone calls and stuff on there. My thought at the time was walking down the street with no earbuds or anything and just talking to myself. But uh, that is definitely an option in the future. I've had two sets of hearing aids and – I haven't had Bluetooth on either, but the technology and the level of volume has increased dramatically between those two. I'm actually due for a new set uh, this coming January, so I may look at some new technologies. You They're should. good for about four or five years each of them okay or until the warranty runs out and then they get really expensive to fix
0: yeah i've heard that but I, I know that they've made a lot of progress on those and so yeah if you get a new set man i'd be curious as to what your feedback is on yeah. um what's it like to listen to music in them and that sort of thing i think it's oh that would be wild yeah. it's pretty cool pretty cool all right man well i mean We have covered quite a bit of stuff, you know, not bad for being rusty, you know? Uh, so we're, we're we're going to get back in the swing of it. Yeah, we will. We'll get there. So I definitely think that rounds out our uh, episode 28. We want to thank everybody for rejoining us again and trying to rebuild our audience. We're going to try to get back into the swing of things. Uh, Doug, bring us home for episode 28, man. Close us out.
1: Yeah. Uh, appreciate you all letting us have a break, uh, go into a different format of the warp episodes. I had a lot of fun talking about just real short, quick uh, topics. I'm glad that we're back on this big format, Uh, Starfield, technology updates, of course, AI and
0: other issues are going to be coming up in the future, and we'll have a lot of conversations for you. And we're probably going to have to apologize ahead of time because, Doug, what are we going to talk about probably for the month of September at least? (laughs) Starfield. So if you're not a video gamer, I'm just going to apologize. We'll try to have the nerd news. We'll try to get some variety in there. But yeah. I tell you what, we're both pretty excited about this game, and we're probably going to talk about it quite a bit. We'll try not to. you yeah. know. Maybe we'll get sick of it. You know, Who knows? <laughs> Maybe we won't. But apologies ahead of We just need
1: to have time. a mega Starfield
0: episode where we get it all out. Get it all out. You know what? We, we may we may very well do that to just do one big extravagant get it all out of our system so we can stay on all of the other topics. That's actually not a bad idea at all, my friend. So that's look at him. See, he is, he is thinking yep. there.
1: So <laughs> besides Starfield in the future, we will bring you lots of topics and news and things that interest us, things that hopefully interest you. So, all right, please come back.
0: Yep. Everybody, you have an awesome week and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us. Catch you later.
1: Yep. See ya.